Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. WGN Radio, John Williams here. Eric Zornis, too, the publisher of a newsletter called The Picayune Sentinel. You read him for years in the Tribune, and you can still read him every week. And there's bonus editions, too, if you pay a small premium. It's free otherwise. It's called The Picayune Sentinel. And Eric, of course, is part of our weekly Mincing Rascals podcast. Hi, Mr. Zorn. Hey, John. How are you? You sound far away. Do I? Yeah, I'm. I'm on my. Uh, not on my regular microphone here. I'm in. Uh, I'm in Oaxaca, Mexico, with uh, on on a, on a working vacation of all things. You wrote, "Could Caitlin Clark make an NBA team?" Uh, what's your answer to that? Well, first of all, let me explain why I asked that question, and that's because I, I kept seeing it on social media. People talking about. I mean, Caitlin Clark, for anyone who might not know, is this phenomenal women's basketball player at the University of Iowa. She's smashing records, uh, and she can shoot from anywhere. She she's just she's a, a terrific player to watch. And I saw I kept seeing on social media posts people saying like she should skip the WNBA and go right to the NBA. She can play <laughs> in the NBA. She's so good and. So I put this question out without without bias or question. I put this question to my readers. I said, you know, I said, could Tate and Clark make an NBA team? Yes or no? And one out of three, thirty-two percent, said that she could. Uh, and they're all wrong. <laughs> they're all completely wrong. But it's it's such an interesting question to me that people would would actually think that she could. Um, she's six feet tall, which would make her pretty much the shortest player in the NBA. She weighs 150 pounds, which would make her, I think, the lightest player in the NBA. Uh, she'd be playing against guards uh, who are 6'7", six, 6'8", six, in general, uh, and really fast and really strong. And so we have this romantic idea that a, a, a really great women's basketball player could play with men at an elite level, and it's just not true. And, and, uh, but I thought it was just interesting people ask that. And, and, and to say that about her makes it sound like that you don't respect her game or you don't, you don't think women's sports are great or anything like that. I mean, she is one of the most fun players to watch I've ever seen. That's true. Re- think about really that. Fun. I mean, you can watch Steph Curry, you can watch LeBron James, you can watch Zach Levine. Uh, she's as entertaining to watch on the floor. You can't take your eyes off of her. I, I, whenever they promote it on TV that they have an Iowa game coming up, and they do a lot, I make it a point to watch the game. Oh, absolutely. And, and not only is she a great shooter, she's a great passer. Yeah. She usually, she usually uh, has, a, has a, at least a double-double, and she's a good rebounder at six feet. Uh, but, and and she also seems to be a pretty great person. She's fun to, she also plays with a lot of attitude, which is fun to watch. She's like, she's not... She's, uh, like I said, she's really fun to watch. It's really cool. And, and I, so I don't want to say anything bad about Caitlin Clark. She's just not an NBA player. And, in fact, I, I doubt she could make a college team, even a college men's team. I mean, the, the difference in, in athletes at that level is 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 market. It's like, you, it's like the reason we have different sports for women's tennis. We have different sports for – we have different track and field events. The fastest woman – in the world, in the Olympics, in the in the hundred meter dash, would probably win the boys' high school 
uh, 100 meter dash, but would would not set the would not set the record. The boys' high school record in Illinois is faster than the women's international record for the 100 100 meter dash. So, so it's not. It's just it's a different physiology, and that's okay. But people get really mad when you point it out. I'm not quite exactly sure why, but but uh, anyway, it's an interesting topic. And she's about to break, by the way, Pete Maravich's uh, overall NCAA scoring. Record. Yeah, which is um, a terrific thing. But and again, not to say anything negative about Caitlin Clark, but Maravich did it in three years without the benefit of a three-point shot. Yes, he did. He did it way, way fewer games. And you know we. If you remember all the controversy in baseball about the home run record when Roger Maris had 61 home runs and they had an asterisk by his record because he did it in, in 100 and he had what he he had 61 home runs in 162 games and Babe Ruth had 60 home runs in 154 games. I think I have those numbers right. Mm-hmm. So there's an asterisk by Babe by uh, Roger Maris's record, which of course has since been shattered by the by the Flintstones guys. But uh, <laughs> well, you know the other thing is. I think that what people have in mind is they've seen Caitlin Clark make these terrific shots, and if she were on the floor in an NBA game, could she make that shot? Yes, she could. Like, she could be a spot-up three, but she would be a detriment to the team. Like, you could put her on the team and open, she could make a shot. But that's not can you compete at an NBA level, and I think you're absolutely right. Where you will dig your hole even deeper, Eric— is when you ask if you could beat her in a one-on-one game. Could I beat her in a one-on-one game? Uh, well, let's see here. Am I reading correctly? It says here are some of the letters. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, asked, Eric, let's, asked, let's get serious. Yeah. Half Court, one of your letter writers wrote, you and Caitlin, one-on-one, game to ten. You start with six points in the ball. Who wins? I, and my answer is Caitlin Clark wins ten to six, maybe maybe ten to seven. I might get lucky and put up put up. Uh, uh, I might be able to back her down into the paint and get a basket. Uh, she's really really good. There's no question about it. I'm 66 years old. I haven't. <laughs> I, I, you know, my my uh, my glory days in basketball are like 50 years ago. I, I, that's not the question. The question is whether she could beat like 25 year old men who are bigger and stronger and faster than I am. And, yeah. and, and the answer is no. So, I, I agree with you on that. So, uh, maybe you and I should play one-on-one. You know, you're a pretty good ball player. I, I, I was. I went and did some shooting. I shot some baskets over the weekend, and um, my knees are not what they used to be. It's a, Hey, here's a tip. If you've never run a marathon, don't. What does this bring Chicago home thing, and what are we voting on, Eric? Well, the Bring Chicago Home is a, is a referendum. It's a, it's a sort of a blanket name for a referendum that's coming up in the, on the March ballot in Chicago. And the question on the ballot is, do you want us to lower the, pro- the real estate transfer tax on, on properties that sell for less than a million dollars and then raise it significantly on properties that transfer that cost more than a million dollars? And you put those questions together and – and that's supposed to give you money to deal with the homeless uh, homeless problem. And what happened was that last Friday, a judge ruled that the ballot question itself was unconstitutional and therefore should be off the ballot. And the, the referendum question is still on the ballots have been printed. It's still on the ballot. But she says those those votes will not be tallied, will not be reported and so on. So so the uh, there's been a lot of sort of confusing reporting, I thought, on, on this, but explaining to people what the judge's uh, likely 
reasoning was here. And, and she did not say in court or in her, in her written order exactly what her reasoning was. But it's safe to assume that she has agreed with the complaints of the people who filed to get this off the ballot and there's a real estate interest and so on. And what they're saying is that it's really not fair for the city council to say on one hand here, we'll, we'll give you this lower tax on these other properties. We'll lower your taxes here, but raise them here. But those are actually separate questions and that violates the constitution's sort of single subject rule, which is you've got to have a single question if you're going to put it in front of the voters. The truth is that the city council tried twice to put a refer to vote for a referendum that would simply raise taxes on the property. And you have to do this uh, by state law. You can't just raise your property transfer taxes. You have to seek voter approval. They twice tried to put a referendum on the ballot saying, let's raise these, these, uh, these rates. And twice the city council rejected that. The third time proponents came and said, okay, well, we'll, we'll combine this question with lowering the, um, the tax on, on properties itself for less. That's a sweetener, and it's the, the informal term for it is log rolling. You put you put something nice in the question, plus you put something that's not, maybe not so nice to raise uh, hiking taxes. Mm-hmm. Put those together, and people don't have a choice. They have to vote if they if they like the idea of raising money for homeless, or they like the idea of lower taxes. <clears throat> they can't. So the judge presumably ruled that adding this lowering of taxes, which the city council could just do. There's no reason. They don't need to seek voter approval to lower the transfer tax. They put that into the referendum to try to convince people to vote for the hike in expensive property. By the way, it's not this a binding is, referendum, yeah. though. I mean, they could also raise the taxes or ignore the referenda, correct? It's, it's an interesting question about whether it's a binding referendum. It, it, it's, it's a necessary referendum. They have to get voter approval, but the voter approval only allows city council then to do it. So it's not binding. City council could get a, a yes ah. vote. You, we want this, and then the city council could reject it. But it is a necessary referendum. I think that the language of the city's been saying it's not a binding referendum. That's I think that's a little too cute the way they're putting it. Eric, why did this they, is all, Why did the city yeah. um, not want to put a uh, raise? The t- I, I see your point about the sweetener, and you can't have two questions in the same ballot initiative. But why couldn't you just? Why did the city reject? a ballot question that would ask, do you want us to raise the taxes on the wealthier homes? Why, why did they I, twice turn that down? I, I think it's because they thought it was going to be politically unpopular just to have a tax hike on the ballot. If you remember when we had the... But it would be on the uh, richest the, homes. In this case, it would be on 1% of the properties, right? It would be, yes, it would be, it would be on, the, on the most expensive properties. It's not just mansions. Now, people like to talk about this as a mansions tax, but there are a lot of buildings that sell for more than a million dollars that are like, you know, six, a, a three flat might yep. sell for more than a million dollars oh, easily. Yeah. That, 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 you know, small businesses and properties and, and certainly those, those kind of things. So, so it's not just if, if you're just taxing like single family homes over a million dollars, I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. Uh, except the people who own the houses, I guess. Yeah, but, well, too bad for but, them. Uh, but, but so, bad. so wait a minute. This question is, in fact, going to be on the March ballot, but it's but they're going to ignore the results because it's an unconstitutional ask. Yes, and that's happened before. Where they, where they, there was a vote a few years ago about whether there should be an elected school board, and toward the end of the of the campaign season, the judge said, "Well, these aren't aren't going to be counted. We can't we can't validate these." So so this does happen. So people may go and vote, but no one will ever count the votes. We'll never know what the votes say. And then there are people who are saying, well, why can't we just let the people speak? And these are the same people, by the way, who did not want on the same ballot a question about whether uh, Chicago should be a sanctuary city. These are people saying, no, we don't want the voters to say 
what they feel about that. But at the same time, they do want voters to say what they think about this. Well, then is that transfer tax going to happen? Is is the the is is it, in fact, going to go lower on the people and higher? I guess not, because we won't have that preliminary vote. Right. Right. Well, they can certainly any time that the city council wants to lower the transfer tax on properties under a million dollars, they can go ahead and do that. That's that's not that's not uh, uh, a, a matter for state law. But the municipal code requires cities when they want to increase the property transfer tax to seek the approval of the voters first before they do that. Got it. And and so and so it, it's an interesting situation. And of course, everything we're talking about here is sort of independent of the idea uh, of whether this will actually be a good thing for renters and for property owners in the city, whether it's whether it's a net plus or net minus idea. That, that's a whole separate debate well, that's, that we really can't have. That's one, that we, that's one that we will have uh, tomorrow when we record the Mincing Rascals podcast. But uh, this breakdown and more is on Eric Zorn's Substack account. It's called The Picayune Sentinel. And if you just email ericzorn at gmail.com, he'll get you on that list for free. You can pay a small premium and get even more content. Eric, I'm out of time. Great, John. Thanks. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's uh, our Mincing Rascals podcast colleague.